What's up, guys? Welcome back to Press Y. Uh, Cameron is out uh, sick today, so we are going to be joined by Devin Luna. Hello, hello. Me and Devin used to run a podcast together called The Sweet Peaceful, where we covered a variety of entertainment news, including gaming news, so figured he'd fit right in here. Uh, so yeah, my name's Kelton Burns, uh, and let's get into this. So, a couple weeks ago, me and Cameron ran through a poll that kind of went through all the PlayStation games that have ever come out to try to determine through this big bracket what the best PS5 game to release so far is. And it turns out that we came to the exact same conclusion that Podcast Beyond and Kind of Funny did, and that was that God of War Ragnarok is the best PS5 game currently out. Uh, so yeah, for us it came down to God of War versus Baldur's Gate 3, and for them it came down to God of War versus final fantasy 7 remake so a little bit of variation there but god of war is still coming out on top still need to play that it's it is fantastic and it sounds like you're you might be getting a playstation 5 soon here so you definitely i would put Ragnarok yeah, nah. at the top of the list i'm gonna be securing that one i've been waiting so long for that so the game award nominees that's been the main discussion in the gaming news sphere this week the gaming award nominees all were released game of the year nominees here they are we got alan wake 2 baldur's gate 3 spider-man 2 resident evil 4 super mario bros wonder and tears of the kingdom are competing so yeah i i feel like it's probably going to be baldur's gate 3 versus tears of the kingdom for the yeah for the i'm crown. thinking the same thing thinking the same exact thing i do like that alan wake is up there too because uh i've been having a lot of fun playing that but I think those two top dogs are they they got it. I th- and it's also worth no- noting because I'm also glad that Alan Wake Two got some recognition. Alan Wake Two tied Baldur's Gate Three for the most nominations um, across all the different award categories. Very so, well deserved. Yeah, I'm hoping that it wins Best Narrative, at least. We'll see. It did win the Critics' Choice Award at the Joystick Awards a couple of weeks ago. People are upset though that Starfield and Hogwarts Legacy did not get. I nominations yeah I, i've seen a lot of like flack on that hogwarts legacy i feel like a lot of games that like start off in the beginning of the year kind of have like a disadvantage yeah because no, they kind of they kind of become forgettable but like all these ones that released recently definitely leave more of an impression towards the awards yeah i mean, I know that like for oscars like for movies sometimes the studios will release movies like around the time like a month or two before the oscars to, you know to try to like you know re- recency bias and and all that so uh alan wake 2 must have came sliding in right before the door <laughs> yeah closed. not definitely <laughs> uh uh other discussions i saw online is uh, the question, should the definition of indie game be changed? Because Dave the Diver was nominated for Best Indie Game, but Dave the Diver is from a South Korean developer that actually is like part of a multi-billion dollar uh, corporation. So it's like an offshoot of that. So it's not like it's an indie game. It did come from kind of a bigger conglomerate. Uh, it's not like a small little team self-funding their own little project like a lot yeah. of indie games are. Uh, so that was kind of like an interesting conversation because I feel like Dave the Diver, it does feel like an indie game. It gives you those vibes, but yeah, nah. Yeah, definitely I guess it's not. 
So I don't know if there should be like a new category or, 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 or maybe they should change just the title of that award to like, you know, smaller game. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But Daily Diver, I still will stand by the fact that Daily Diver is a fantastic game. That game is so fucking good. Like, So, so yeah, guys, that's like most of what I want to talk about the game awards. If there's anything else that you guys uh, want us to talk about, you can send us an email. But, but yeah, I don't. Uh, looking around, like I, we'll we'll probably have more to talk about once uh, once the awards are actually given out and we see where the cards fell. But if you want, you can go vote on the game of the year awards on their website. Uh, I I went and voted myself. I voted for Alan Wake two a lot of times. Yeah, I need to do that. Uh, so I wanted to do two review roundups. Super Mario RPG. I think it's about to come out, and the review embargo must have lifted and it's getting good reviews it's currently sitting at an 83 on metacritic uh this is a remake of a game from the 90s that was very uh very impactful the super mario rbg like you can feel its uh its influence in games even today and that party-based turn-based kind of like dungeon crawling uh rpg type deal uh, but reviews are saying that it stays true to the, what made the original a classic, but also stays true to the simplicity of the original, kind of falling short on adding any new elements or maybe improving some things that could use improving. It sounds like it's just, you know, it really is the same game, just looks a lot better. And then let's move on to uh, Call of Duty Mafia 3. So somehow me and Cameron forgot to talk about this when it came out at the beginning of the month. Uh, but you guys talk about Call of Duty a lot, so that's surprising. I know we somehow forgot to talk about this game. Uh, I I did not buy this game. It's currently sitting at 56 on Metacritic for critic reviews and a user score of 1.7 for overwhelming dislike. People are calling it the worst Call of Duty ever made, but I thought that was kind of funny because I feel like that's that sentence is just thrown around all the time. <laughs> it's every single time yeah. a Call of Duty gets made, it's the worst. <laughs> like. Yeah, they're they're just chasing that nostalgia factor of the old ones that hit and they're never quite getting it. So getting into this story, there has been some controversy stirring up this week about the game's development time. Jason Schreier of Bloomberg released an article revealing the game was developed in a year and a half, which is half the time for a normal Call of Duty to be developed. Uh, 2023 was actually supposed to be the first year we didn't get a new Call of Duty and they were just going to focus on Modern Warfare 2. But then I guess... Supposedly, they were working on a really large update for Call of Duty Modern 2, last year's Call of Duty, and they just transformed it into a whole game. And that is what we have here, is this Modern Warfare 3, uh, a big update turned into a game. Um, and rumor on the street on Twitter is that Sledgehammer actually wanted to make Advanced Warfare 2, but was instead assigned on to making this update into a full-fledged game. Um, so following this report, the studio head of Sledgehammer refuted those claims and said the game did not have a rush development and the studio didn't want to make Advanced Warfare 2. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Negative reviews are saying it just feels like an update to Warfare 2 with some new guns, uh, but the same issues. And like you were saying, they are leaning more and more into nostalgia. Warfare 3 actually features, just like we were currently touched on, all Warfare 2 maps remade. Uh, and it sounds like Sledgehammer fixed a little bit at some issues that Infinity Ward had in Modern Warfare 2. Uh, but, you know, it's, it looks like even core Call of Duty fans are beginning to feel as though they're being sold the same game a year after the last one. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, I don't think I'll be getting Modern Warfare 3. The idea of playing on some 
classic Modern Warfare 2 maps. And that, dude, the, the naming system on this is just terrible to, well, to talk around. But Part yeah. of me is like, maybe if it goes half price, I'd get it. But, yeah. but even then, the, the overwhelming negative reviews just kind of lead me away towards that. Yeah, I mean, I bought Modern Warfare 2 last year. I don't know why, but I did. And I played it for a week. And I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm going to go back to Apex. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that would just happen again if I was to buy this. So this week, a friend of mine named Brandon recommended I check out this game called Lethal Company. It's an indie game on Steam developed by Zekers, a U.S.-based indie dev with a history in indie horror games and Roblox games. Lethal Company puts you in the shoes of employees mining monster-infested planets, trying to forge as much loot as possible within each day while you try to hit an increasing profit quota for your employer. So this game, guys, some people have been comparing it a little bit to, uh, what's that game, Fan? Phasmophobia. Phasmophobia. And I don't have very much experience with Phasmophobia. I think maybe the similarities lie in the like proximity chat and that it's a horror game. Yeah. I have actually been playing this with Devin, so it's good to have him on this episode with me because he knows what I'm talking about here. No, yeah, this game's a whole lot of fun. The proximity chat is like definitely what makes the game. Just hearing someone scream and then their screams fading away as they're running, like I don't know. There's there's nothing quite like it. And then like so like to get more into the game, like you basically land on a planet and you enter into like an abandoned facility with your friends and there's monsters inside that facility and if you die uh, you don't. You can't hear that person anymore. They kind of go into death chat. They can only talk to other people who are dead, but they can still hear the people who are alive. So, like he, like Devin was saying, you might hear your friends screaming as they run away from a monster, and then suddenly their scream just cuts off, and you're like, they have probably just died. And unless I saw it happen, I have no idea. Unless I could, unless we have like walkie talkies, because you can you can get walkie talkies in the game with with the in game currency. Yeah, and that's what we've been doing too, just uh, muting ourselves in Discord so we actually get immersed in the not knowing if your friends died. Like, uh, Yeah, and I feel like it's so... It, playing this game, if you had Discord open, would just not be as enjoyable because it's the fucking... The fear of like, is my friend alive still? I I don't know. I'm going to either have to go back to the ship and pull up the radar yeah. or try to get them on the walkie-talkie. And if they're not responding on the walkie-talkie, like... You know, you know what that means. Uh, I also just love games like this where it's it's ten dollars, and you're getting such a fun time. Like so simple, but hits so hard. <laughs> yeah, I we were playing yesterday, and uh, I'm I'm inside the facility, and I see this like horrific monster, and I immediately turn around, and I'm like screaming, top of my lungs, running away from it. And from my friend's perspective, he like enters into the abandoned facility. All he hears is me screaming at the top of my lungs and he just turns around and leaves. And when he leaves, he can't hear me anymore. So he's like, I don't know what's happening. But all I heard was my friend screaming in there. I'm not going back in there. And of course, like I was dead immediately after that. But (laughs) it's just like uh, if you have a group of friends to play with, I've heard that if you jump into online games, it can be really hit or miss. With the the yeah. people that you find, definitely, definitely had a a wild run in for but a couple of games. Even with one friend, it is a good time. So yeah, Lethal Company, ten dollars on Steam. Check it out. Also uh, heard that that uh, game's developer is really in touch with it, so they're going to be adding a lot of updates and stuff. Yeah, and it's blowing up on Steam right now. So yeah, hopefully he can crank out some content in time. Because I remember that was an issue with like Valheim. Valheim blew up, right? But it was such a small team that it takes them a long time to add a lot of new content. 
but players are so content hungry nowadays yep. that it's like yeah you know people might move on before the content arrives but yeah lethal company i hope it continues to grow and so check it out next up i want to talk about halo infinite's halo 3 maps and content so we talked briefly before about halo infinite is entering into like a season that's themed around halo 3 and now those halo 3 maps have arrived you know we got the mountain dew game fuel back and i just kind of wanted to talk about how like with a lot of these things like mono for three and halo infinite and even with my super mario rpg i feel like we're starting to get a lot more noticeable and and maybe i'm just like late to this but it seems like video games are following in hollywood's footsteps recently where we're getting a lot of remakes a lot of like reliance on nostalgia uh and it's hard from with movies it feels like you know you know we're getting a new willy wonka movie 20 years later and sometimes we'll get a remake of a movie made 30 years later but i'm like man was was halo 3 was mono for 2 really that long ago has it been really enough time for us to justify like getting nostalgic to the point of bringing that stuff back at this point like dead space got a remake and that game's not that old no yeah i played dead space and it played fine like the original one not the remaster it played fine yeah exactly and there's some remakes that i can get more behind like final fantasy 7 the old one is like a top-down, really, really aged game. You can still play it. It's still enjoyable. But the new one is like, you know, time machine difference here. Like, it's so much different. But some of these games, it's like, I don't know. Nostalgia, and I, I, I get nostalgia safe, especially for investors. It's like, you know, you're you're selling something that's already been proven that it can sell. Uh, but like, I'm also... A, a big fan of new content so it's like it's a double-edged sword here yeah i don't know i think we just need to find something that's going to pave the way for like some new new stuff because it does get to that point where everything that can be done has already been done so you have to find a new way to like reinvent the wheel type deal yeah and then uh fortnite fortnite is currently in the og season so even fortnite is uh is like leaning into nostalgia for something that happened five years ago and that's not that much time. Uh, but we saw their player numbers peak. Yeah, I was going to say, with that being said, everyone's eating it up. Like, <laughs> Yeah, people were like, wow. So that, I mean, it shows that nostalgia is so strong. But like, I have been playing Fortnite OG. And it's almost making me be like, huh, man, maybe things weren't that great back then. Or at least this version of that is like, you know, maybe it, it, it yeah. was better in my memory. Uh, no, exactly. But yeah, I've been meaning to hop into the Halo Infinite, Halo 3 map remakes. I haven't gotten around to that yet. Uh, I do have Halo Infinite installed. Same. Uh, I have not played that since launch, though. Like, I played it pretty heavily at launch, but then after that, I kind of just tucked it away, tucked it away in the corner. Yeah, I played when they released the Battle Royale mode, because I, I was like, a Halo Battle Royale, I got to check this out. And it was kind of like a weird spin on Battle Royale. It wasn't really a true Battle Royale. I think you had three lives, and it was like 16 players. Um, but... Yeah, I haven't touched it since then, but maybe uh, I think some Halo 3 is going to draw me in. Uh, I went, so it was a pretty dry week for news, actually, and so I went and looked in the Gaming Leaks and Rumors Reddit, which is just like a fucking wasteland of people spouting things with no proof, right? Because they're just leaks and rumors. And I found a whole, like, this, this is how dry of a news week it's been. One of the top threads on the Reddit was just a comparison photo from a leak of Peach kissing Mario on the cheek from Super Mario RPG. And I was like, wow, okay. 
This is <laughs> this is topping charts this week. Uh, yeah, there of uh, like there has been a lot this this uh, year. There was some layoffs. Amazon Games laid off 100 employees and has made a statement saying it's going to start just going back to focusing on uh, putting free games on Prime. They said they have realized that people just want free games on Prime. They they don't want Amazon Games. I was gonna say, what were the Amazon games even like? I remember playing that one, Crucible. What it was yeah, Crucible. Yeah, me and you played Crucible, and it that seemed like they were like ready to fully fledge. Like, I know. I was expecting that to be like a start, off, like a kickoff for them, but and then they like shut down the server like three months later or something like that. That was a uh, well, yeah. I don't know. So yeah, that's a sh- that's a shame to see. I guess Amazon is realizing it's not going to make it within the gaming sphere. Uh, Baldur's Gate three got a, a physical edition announced. That's uh, you know big ups there for people waiting for that. I heard it's three discs for the PS five. I was gonna say that thing is like one hundred and twenty gigabytes on Steam. So <laughs> I I will get around to that eventually. Uh, but yeah. Uh. Now, since I have you on, Devin, and I know you're playing Alan Wake 2, I haven't been able to talk with anyone on the podcast about Alan Wake 2 that's actually played it. Uh, and I know you're not done with it yet, so we can't have a full spoiler discussion. But uh, I just was, I just curious with the, what your thoughts on the game so far. Like, how do you feel about it? What's it? What's a, what's the game been like for you? My God, man, I don't even know where to begin. Starting off, I am not a like big horror fan. Like, I've never been into horror genre games. Like Resident Evils. Tried picking them up, never played them. But Alan Wake is something so special and beautiful. And I thought I was just going to be saying that because of the nostalgia factor. Because Alan Wake, like, one, the first one was, like, top three games. Loved that game when it first came out. And it was kind of a hidden gem. But nostalgia aside, this game is just so well put together. And it has so many, like, twists and turns and mind-bending things that happen to you that, like, I don't know. It leaves you wanting more when you play it and it's actually fucking scary i like i said i hate horror games and not too many spoilers but there's like a a old folks home level that kelton said just wait just wait this shit's gonna and sure enough (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i'm finding myself having to like pause the game every 10 minutes and just like take a breath and like breathe for a second just like (laughs) like figure out what just happened and why my heart is beating out of its chest (laughs) dude i don't know if it happened to you but uh when i was i was doing the trailer the trailer park and i like walk into a trailer and there's enemy and i get kind of scared i kill it and i'm like okay i need to pause the game and take a breath i pause the game and in the pause menu like of the map there's a, a fucking jump scare shows up and i just did not expect a jump scare within the pause menu and I'm like fully shook, like holy shit! Uh, like looking at my dog, like, are you aware of what's just happened to me? Like, I'm terrified right now. <laughs> yeah, no, because uh, I was just asking Kelton today too. I was like, how long is this game? Because like, I'm already like 15 hours in, but now I'm also realizing a majority of those hours are me sitting in the pause menu, just trying to like collect my thoughts and and breathe. Yeah, it's like it's almost like a relaxing little reprieve to like when you're saga to like go pin some shit on the the board. Yeah. Um but yeah, man. 
it uh and i i also i you you voice frustrations with me about the wolves i had the same frustration when like i was like sitting in the living room going these aren't even scary they're just annoying <laughs> like yeah uh, no. but yeah they're so fast they're so they just i don't know the, those are my probably only gripe with the game but aside from that like so far 10 out of 10 in my book what's been your favorite uh weapon to use uh, my favorite weapon. I I, so I like sticking with the revolver with Alan. Just the three headshots, boom, they're dead. Yeah. And then Saga, I've been. She has. She gets a crossbow at one point, and that's kind of fun because for a majority of the enemies, it's like a one tap headshot, and especially yeah. if you like just kind of sneak up behind them. So that those have been my favorite weapons, I'd say so far. Yeah, the crossbow is great, man. So you played through the hotel. Yeah, I played through the hotel. Dude, every time I had to switch the writing prompt, because in Alan Wake 2, uh, how the mechanic works is Alan like gets four scenes per little like puzzle area, and then he gets four different writing like prompts, like themes, uh, kind of story beats, and he can change each area to, to each one of the four writing prompts. Dude, it's so hard to explain. Yeah, it's a really cool mechanic. Uh, it's a really cool mechanic. Like... Yeah, I don't even know how to explain it better than that. That's. <laughs> but every time I had, when I unlocked the, it's like devil, like the devil is like the story beat. Every time I had to switch a scene to the devil, I would be like, oh, fuck, like take some deep breaths. Here we go. And like change the setting to the devil because I just knew whatever it's going to change into is just going to be absolutely like hellish. Literally. Yeah, no. Nah. Uh, and then, yeah, just balls to the wall every time you get chased by the, the dark presence. Yeah, no, I really like the mechanic. That's it's pretty unique, and it it ties into the story really well too. Like what what's happening, what he's trying to do. Yeah, yeah, it's a super cool mechanic. Really creative. Uh, this game does feel like because it, it was you know Alan Wake one came out thirteen years ago. It feels like it has a lot of time that it's been soaking in. Like there's a lot of ideas that feel like they weren't just made up in the last three years, uh, and I feel like you can really feel that in Alan Wake too. But yeah, do you do you think do you prefer playing as Saga or Alan? Which one have you been enjoying I, more? I gotta say Alan. Alan, uh, just because it seems like, uh, for majority of the playthrough, Alan takes play or like it takes part in the dark place, which seems a little bit more wacky and like, I don't know, maze like. Where Saga takes place in the real world, which I would say a lot of more like of Saga stuff has scared me more because like a forest compared to a city just scares me more. Dude, and it feels like because me, you and I, we live in Washington. It very much feels like walking around the forest at nighttime in Washington. They got those like yeah. trail systems so well made. And but, I'll tell you, this game has affected my actual life. I know you were telling me like I played this game, and then my my dreams became nightmares that were like. <laughs> they involved this game and then i'm closing up uh i work at a bar and i was closing it up at the end of the night just by myself and i have to turn off all the lights and walk to the front of the building and i'm literally just sitting there shitting my pants like i played <laughs> too much of this game dude i don't i don't want to do this alone dude yesterday actually i remember the day before we we're playing lethal company and then i had to go to the bathroom so i have to walk through my dark pitch black bedroom into the bathroom which is also pitch black and i was just like for a second just for like a millisecond i was like holy shit i wish i had a flashlight right oh, yeah. but yeah alan wake 2 guys again so good i hope that it wins some some awards this year 
I feel like it is one of those games, like, because back in the day, Alan Wake 1 didn't get a lot of recognition. I think this time around it's getting more. And I hope it continues. I hope word of mouth spreads and more people play that game because it's it's something you should experience for sure. Do you think that uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is as good as everyone says it is? Because you have played it. Okay, I am... I'm one of those weird gamers where I get close to the end of the game and I don't finish it, but I, like I'll end up picking it up like months later and then completing it. So so far I got to like the Act Three of Baldur's Gate, and that game is really addicting. Like the amount of customization and just like different interactions that you can choose. It's that game has had a lot of work and like love put into it, and you can tell. So I would say Baldur's Gate is probably a little bit higher in my uh, wheelhouse just because I'm really a fan of RPGs over horror but Alan Wake still just has a special place in my heart are there any games that you'd recommend uh, listeners check out besides Alan Wake and Baldur's Gate 3 I haven't really been playing too much outside of that I mean fair I enough. mean, aside from the like regular rotation of like Overwatch Apex I downloaded some weird game called Farlight 84 I it's saw like... that I saw you were playing that and I was like what is <laughs> yeah. that and I googled, <laughs> Dude, I I like googled the name and it said the top thing that I saw is like is Farlight eighty four a copy of um of Fortnite? That was the top article I saw. It was like a Reddit thread, and I didn't I didn't end up reading it. It's made by Lilith Games, which is also like a big mobile game company. Okay, and I think Farlight eighty four is also a mobile game. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's it's essentially like Fortnite style characters with Apex style powers, huh. and I'm pretty sure I was going up against a lot of bots. But then it it got kind of like interesting as I as I started to like rank up and actually play people. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if that's gonna be in like my rotation at all. <laughs> I was just really bored and curious, so I played it. I saw Invincible is getting some Fortnite skins. Uh, are there any any skins that you would like to see in Fortnite that aren't? I in mean, it? are we already? I'm not even that big of a Five Nights at Freddy's like fan, but I'm pretty sure that should have already happened by now. Has that happened? has not happened. Yeah, I don't I I don't know why. That would be such a like money making <laughs> machine right there. Also, I don't know. They're kind of touching base on anything I'd like to see like they're doing their Lego collab. They've already gotten like a majority of the like top animes in there. So, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but like I I'm sure they'll get to it one day. Dude, Peter Griffin. <laughs> okay, yeah, Peter Griffin would be long overdue. I would love to get killed 360 no scoped and then watch Peter Griffin hit the gritty. <laughs> uh, same. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you for coming on uh, when Cameron was unwell, Devin. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much uh, for having me. Yeah, it's been, it was great that I did not have to do this by myself. It would have been really dry. So yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in again. Uh, hopefully me and Cameron will both be back next week on Friday, uh, but this has been press Y. And if you have any any uh, questions or compliments for Devin, just send them our way in an email. I'll have that in the description. Call my personal number, which is... <laughs>